you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an opportunity it is to come out with this broadcast and reach across to you guys through the airwaves. We're honored by that. We certainly hope you love the new introduction you just had a minute ago. We we just recorded that a week or so ago over there at uh, Majesty Music with our dear friend Ken Everson. And uh, what a blessing he is. And uh, with me as always, my friend Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Coming to us still from Phoenix. And uh, usually he rubs that in, but I think he knows because we're still in the same week that you guys get that. But, you know, he'll be out of Phoenix when it's 121 degrees. I just want to point that out. When the RV becomes an oven, yeah. it roils me. It's time to go. <sighs> Two problems with an RV, folks, when it's bad cold and when it's bad hot. And uh, I know yeah. that I've stayed in some church RVs, and, man, you just can't cool them or you just can't heat them. And I have a friend of mine who had his wrapped with this Canadian wrap and electric in the floor and walls. And, and I mean, he actually <laughs> he beat the system of cold, but i got to tell you, he beat his wallet for an extra 40 grand. So we've been working our way through narcissism here. And uh, we talked about just the arrogance involved, being a narcissist, placing others lower than yourself, making people fall in line with you. We, we've talked about love bombing. We, we talked about how when, you, uh, when you're a narcissist, you're, you're, you got to remember the end game they have all the time, folks. And their end game is to have somebody fall into their trap and to suck them into that trap. And, and they suck them in in this way. They, they love bomb them. You're great. You're a rock star. You're wonderful. They, you know, they tattoo their Facebook page. They tell everybody how great they are. They do all that. And then all of a sudden, as in the other days, uh, broadcast, the devaluation comes in. Now they've got to be below you. So they love bomb you to the point of, man, this is great. This is wonderful. This guy or gal is the greatest person on God's green earth. And then all of a sudden, but they say, you know what would make you a little better? You know what? And they start that devaluation. You know, if you lost some weight, if you did this, if you acted like this, if you were better to me, if uh, if you were more like me, if you didn't do this, and all of a sudden they start breaking you down, and the lower they can break you and still have control, still hold on to you, the worst case scenario it is. And then we come along today to this thing called gaslighting, and it originates from a play way back in the 1930s. I remember watching a movie, and um, uh, this movie goes years ago. It was directed by a guy named, and I wrote this down, George Cukor, and it starred Ingrid Burden and Charles Boyer, and it was from the 40s. I remember watching this movie, and essentially, uh, the gaslight from the play or the gaslight from the movie is people used to use gaslights. And in an effort to make the wife thinking she was crazy, he just would incrementally, very slowly turn down the lights every night just a little bit. And, and the wife would say, man, I think it's getting a little darker in here. And he's like, no way. You're crazy. It's not getting any darker in here. These lights have been the same the whole time. And, and you guys are getting where I'm going to. And, and from that 
play in that movie forward, the term gaslight has become a psychological term and a way of manipulating people and emotionally abusing people, getting them to believe that they're not of value. I had a lady tell me one time that uh, her boyfriend had convinced her that the sky was actually a shade of green. He worked on her until she broke down and said, yeah, the sky is green. I want to share one verse with you. We'll throw this over to Kevin, but woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter over in Isaiah 520. God is well aware there are people who do exactly that. There are people who are out there that are calling evil good, calling good evil. There are people out there that have folks believing that the sky is actually green. Here's the great news for you. God's not happy about this. It's not escaping him. He wants nothing to do with it. I mean, Kevin, certainly you've met some folks like this. I have. Certainly. Um, unfortunately, right? Yeah. A, you know, and, and I was just going to ask a question, too, to, to everyone, because I hope— that everyone can know the answer to this. How can you tell if you're truly dealing with a narcissist or whether you're dealing with someone who is just selfish, hyper selfish, self-centered, immature, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, the answer, and this is obviously not original. This, this comes from talk. I've talked to a lot of people and, uh, and studied this, but number one, they take no responsibility for their actions. They don't, they don't know how to um, say it was me, you know, and the reason is, is because <clears throat> secondly, they don't have the ability of self-reflection. They're, they're just some, you know, there's just some kind of people that it is, it is a spiritual issue with them and life where they are so hardened that they cannot go back and revisit something and say, maybe I was wrong and really believe it. Yeah. Because if you're truly a narcissist, um, you you need to realize they're not going to suddenly wake up and say, I don't want to be this way because they don't have the uh, they don't have the ability. If you if you take responsibility for something, they'll be glad to give you the the blame. They'll be glad you're taking it, but they're not going to join you join in on it. And that's where. uh that's where I go crazy because, you know, I'm with someone and I'm starting to get gaslighted and, and, uh, act, you know, they're trying to say something's my fault. So I, I own as much as I can. And, and then some, you know, sometimes, and, and you hope that that's going to, you know, facilitate or by example, lead them to say, well, I got to admit it's, it's, you know, this is what I've done wrong. And they don't, they Mm -hmm. never come to that point. So it's, it's a terrible thing if you're dealing with a narcissist and gaslighting is, is like you said, that, that big tool where they can actually toy with reality in your mind to the point that you're the weird one. They can change reality and then say, what? Everything's normal. And, uh, I think we're going through that as a country right now without getting too political. You know, I think we're being told that, um, the way that we always were, was actually, you know, systemically evil and the problems with us if we don't recognize it. So it's, it's messing with a lot of people's minds, brother. And I think that a lot of people are starting to to say, wait a minute, this is their problem. This is the narcissist. This is not me. 
Yeah, and you know, I wrote down some things, Kevin. I'm glad you brought that up because I actually wrote some wrote down some things a few minutes ago on how you can know uh, that you're dealing with a narcissist. And 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 number one, uh, you know, they can't give up on their self importance, just how important they are. And you know, a Christian is humble and usually shows himself as being unimportant. I've I've known people. I've I've personally witnessed uh, Franklin Graham on TV talk about how unimportant he is to the system. And the second thing, there's a lack of empathy. Uh, They struggle to understand, listen, be kind, uh, to really pay attention to what somebody's going through. And, uh, you know, and it comes across when you have that lack of empathy, almost like being cold and, uh, you know, indifferent. And I mean, I know people like get that way sometimes, but not always. And a need for admiration, a need for importance, all those things, they go, they go through great lengths to be needed, to be the most important person in the room. They go through great lengths to be the most important family member. They go through great lengths to show the entire family everything they do. They have a need for importance, a need for admiration. They have this manipulative behavior, which we're talking about right now with gaslighting. And uh, I'm taking this from the actually from the American Psychiatric Association, and and boy, we've all seen that they they have to exploit others. We we talked about in our earlier podcast, people like this rewrite history so they can come out being the victims. So they manipulate behavior, they manipulate the way they do things. They have a total difficulty with criticism or rejection. It totally freaks them out, and they they have a lack of accountability. And you know, I was thinking, Kevin, all these things could be tattooed on people in my life that went down the narcissism road and you know and 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 you're going to know this brother but how many people do we call up and say hey these people are doing this these people are doing that and sadly in many cases the christian lingro is just have grace be graceful it's grace brother it's grace i mean certainly you've heard that yeah yeah you know we're not dealing with normal people we're dealing with what jesus called wolves in sheep's clothing and he said beware of them um we're we're dealing with what paul you know said there will also rise up among you wolves who are not sparing the flock but they will draw away disciples after themselves and jesus in john 10 uh, warned us about someone that comes in another way. So these are people that show up on the scene and they get there illegitimately. They're they're there to serve their own purposes. They they groom their way in oftentimes. They're they're oftentimes the most attractive people. They look like great leaders. I mean they they have yeah. the ability to they have the ability to, to to make people say, wow, if this guy was in charge of my life or my church or my job or you know my my company, then then boy, it would be so much easier for me because the guy knows where he's going. Well, not everyone that's like that is a narcissist, but a narcissist. Hey, hold comes that thought that just for one second, Kevin. We'll be right back with you folks. Thank you so much for hanging with us. And Kevin, you can go ahead and shoot along, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these people are in a fantasy world where they're the center of their own world. You know, they're going to be the big dog and any problem in the room is not them. It's other people around them. Um, and people, like we said before, are the instruments for them to use. So Jesus said, um, 
there are people that can show up on the scene uh, uh, another way. So they don't earn their way in by character. They they get there by presenting themselves as someone with character, as someone that's the big dog. Like, hey, uh, I'm here. I've you know I've, I I would say maybe they have stolen valor. They're showing up saying, hey, I've done this. I've done this. I you know I'm I've done all these things in the military. I've done all these things in the ministry and. And then people say, wow, that's awesome. I have the opportunity to interact with someone who's, you know, willing to stoop down to me. And it turns out that they are actually there and they're going to use you. And and so uh, uh, in these situations, you know, we just need to recognize that, yeah, it, it, we may, we may, well, we don't want to, but if we're already there, just looking at it from the standpoint, we're talking to people in the audience, Doug, there are some of them who are in a situation where they're somehow beholden to a boss or a spouse or a pastor or someone who is using people as strictly a means for their own personal success. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we need to if we're in that situation, we need to, first of all, go to God and say, God, you're bigger than this person. Uh, I, maybe I was duped. May, you know, I, they're, they're not what I thought they were. Uh, and certainly everyone seems normal when you first get to know them till yeah. you get to know them. But we're talking about, we're talking about where you recognize this person is a wolf and they are, they're hurting people. And, uh, and I'm in line. So in those cases, brother, I just say, let's go to Jesus and say, Lord, get me out from under this. And if I'm stuck in something, then deal directly with them. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and remember folks that, you know, these folks can wear a suit, stand behind a pulpit, uh, uh, be in all kinds of places, say the right things, look like they're doing the right things. And God warns us about that. He says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ in no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And, and folks, I got to tell you, uh, we just got to be very careful. Use that litmus test I just shared with you. Hey, is this guy or gal, are they passing this litmus test or are they out for their own selves? Do they have any empathy? Uh, do they always got to be right? Do they always got to be the first one there? Do they always got to be the hero in every story? Do they always got to be the victim when someone else has evolved? Do, or, you know, folks, I mean, it's so easy for me to look back. My my career was in jeopardy. I mean, a letter was sent out to supporting churches. All I tried to do is start a new ministry that's reaching hundreds of thousands of people and turn into a TV show right now in Ukraine. But it, it conflicted with uh, somebody's thoughts or somebody's approval of himself. And, uh, and I've heard it from you. I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories of the husbands and wives or the boyfriends and girlfriends, the brothers and sisters, the, the, the people you know with who've just tried to ruin your life and knock you down to the point where you say, yeah, the sky is green. Knock you down to the point where I am of no value. Sadly, I think out of the people I'm counseling right now, I sat down, I looked at my list, maybe 35, 37, people. And I think I can honestly say every single one of them has been affected through Satan himself, through a narcissist. So I'm telling you, this is very important that we know God's word, that we understand it, that we uh, place an importance on listening to everything God says. We see this in financial circles and uh, boy, these churches for the love of money, 
is the root of all evil. And we see these people, oh, if I just had a little bit more, you guys are holding me back. And uh, we just need to trust God at the same time when those flags go off, Kevin, right? When those flags go up, when there's more red flags than there is in Moscow, you need to bail. Mm. (laughs) Well put, well put. You know, how does a person know if they're being gaslighted? and, and there's a, a neat little list that I came across. Number one, if you are constantly led to doubt your own memories, mm. in, other, in other words, you know, I have fond memories of my parents, but now I married this guy and all of a sudden I think, you know, I'm starting to think that my parents never were good. I'm only remembering the bad things. And you got to be careful about those people. Number two, you know, you, you lose all self-confidence, you know. I think a lot of us struggle with self-confidence because we, you know, we know our own weaknesses, but if someone, if someone so accentuates, accentuates your weaknesses so that you see them as the uh, big dog, then that's a problem. Number three, uh, if, if you are constantly being encouraged to engage in self-blame, number four, experiencing high levels of anxiety, depression, number five, believe that you're highly sensitive and overreact like oh well there you go again why are you crying you know why are you doing this why are you doing well okay if that's something that's happening because of one individual or only around that individual you need to say are these lining up like lights in a row that that this is actually gaslighting and then ask yourself this there's a, there's a term that someone told me about dog whistling. I'd never heard of that, but that's where, that's where someone gaslights you and simultaneously love bombs someone a little further out. In other words, they, they, they don't know how to think like a human, right? So they have to inject confusion in the people that do. Yeah. So it says it's all about them. They're arranging the people around them like instruments of satisfaction and uh, they're hurting people and they're covering it with this plausible deniability. In other words, um, oh, no, no. You know, I in, in the same conversation at a restaurant, I'm putting you down, but I'm putting the person next to you up. But you're the person closer and the other person is a person farther. So I'm going to lift them up before you and I'm going to put you down before them. They call that they call that dog whistling. And, uh, it's just a, another form of gaslighting and brother it's damaging. It's evil. And it's, it's in a bad place. And I wrote down some stuff too, after consoling people and, and like Kevin, you know, there's stuff we, we roll across. So we say, yep, that's right. And I want to just say a couple things to you, no matter how many people I've consoled, I've come to the realization that the people who've been hurt, and, and the people who've been dragged around and dog whistled, whatever, and they do, they manipulate people all around you. That's their game. Their end game is to drop you below them and to be better and to be more needed and to be the person. So number one, I will tell you, everybody I've ever talked to who's been stuck in this convoluted mass, they didn't trust their own perceptions. They didn't yeah. trust themselves. And, and folks, if you're going to be in any relationship today, you need to trust yourself. You need to be in tune with God. You need to be praying. The Holy Spirit will talk to your heart and say, you've got this wrong. Stop mm-hmm. it. Don't do it. Number two, in any type of relationship, you know, we're, we're blood-bought Christians. We, we need to set boundaries. 
And, uh, you know, and, and boundaries get blown up by narcissists. Trust me. I mean, I thought I was yep. losing my career. I thought, you know, everything I were, I went from being the guy that could call any church in America to have a meeting the next day to having a letter sent out questioning whether or not I liked my pastor, believed in local church. And if I ever planted a church or not, which is just total evilness folks, but you need to set boundaries that went way too far. I should have told myself, you know, here, I should have stood up in front of the whole church and I still should. I hope one day the church will call me and I will come in with the evidence, play the tapes and things of that nature. We need to seek support when gas license, gaslighting comes. We need to seek support. We need to get someone else involved. We need to have that accountability person uh, that, that Kevin Robb, that Doug Carragher says, don't do it, stop it. We need to practice self-care. Don't get yourself to in the middle of the night when you're crying and stuff like that. Take care of yourself. And then we need to end those types of relationships. And, and folks, I know if it's a marriage or something, get a pastor, get counseling, try to get them help. But I'm going to end. We just got a couple seconds left, but I'm going to end by telling you this. God can completely change lives. But in my life, Praise I've God. only seen uh, two narcissists out of thousands of people I ever met mm-hmm. who got right with God. It's hard to give up the yep. pride. It's hard to give up those things. We sure do love you, folks. Listen to every word charity has to say to you today and may God bless you, my friends. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.